Welcome to Coach to Coach, a podcast dedicated to showcasing the power of coaching. I'm your host, Dr. Katie Linder, and I offer coaching to academics and higher education professionals to bring more ease to their lives and work. Before you dive into this episode, here's a quick introduction to the structure of the show. In each season of Coach to Coach, a new guest coach will come on the show to demonstrate a range of coaching tools and strategies. The first episode will offer you an introduction to the guest coach. Then I'll coach the guest, and they'll coach me, for the next six episodes. And always on real topics and issues we're dealing with in our own lives. Each season will end with a debrief episode where we'll talk about how the season went and offer any updates on the topics covered in earlier episodes. It might make the most sense to start each season in the beginning and listen to the episodes in order. This season, I'm delighted to introduce you to Dr. Caitlin Foss. Caitlin is a certified weight and life coach who helps academics overcome their self-sabotages of overeating and overdrinking. As a tenured psychology professor and department chair, she knows the unique demands of academic life. Now, on to the episode. Caitlin, I am so excited to introduce you as the third guest coach on Coach to Coach for this season, and um, I am just thrilled that you are willing to coach with me, and I am excited to introduce you to our audience. Yes, thank you, Katie. I am thrilled. It was like when I found Katie, you, Katie, it was like the long-lost twin or something. Where has Katie been in my life? We have so much in common, and I've loved the previous seasons of Coach to Coach so far. So I'm thrilled to be here too. Okay, so let's dive into a little bit about your background. As our listeners from previous seasons know, this first episode is really a way to kind of get to know the guest coach so that they can know a little bit about what brought you to coaching. So how did you first learn about coaching? What was your entry point? Yeah, so I am a professor and I have students come into my office, undergraduate students, and it was probably 2015 or 16, a student came into my office and said he was interested in becoming a life coach. And I was like, what? What is that? I don't even know what you're talking about right now. So that started the wheels turning in a lot of ways because I, other people started mentioning it. My sister had a corporate coach at work and she talked about how much she loved getting coached. And the more I heard about it, it was like, wait, what? This is amazing. And I realized, I mean, I knew what I loved in graduate school was mentoring students, but we never applied the term coach to it. And it was like, oh, wait a minute. Part of what I've loved and what I always love doing is this world of coaching. Let me dive in and find out more about it. Okay, so this is a really good point because you mentioned mentoring, and I think a lot of people are still working on this idea of what is coaching? Like, how do you define it? How is it different from some of these other things, especially in higher education that you might be engaged in? So when you think about things like mentoring and coaching and therapy and other kinds of things that might be part of helping professions, how are you defining coaching in relationship to those things? Yes, so for me, it's like when I'm your coach, I am holding the space for you. And I am like, my only job is to show you your brain. And so I'm a mirror for you to see what you're thinking, how you're feeling, how you're acting, all of that. And that's my job. So sometimes mentoring, like a lot of times if a student comes to me, comes to my office, I'm their professor and I have advice to give, or I have like tips or I can make recommendations. And that doesn't show up in coaching as much because my coaching approach is very 
focused on like, you already have the answers in front of you, or you know exactly where to go get them. Like when you're ready for that tool, you're going to go find it. But in coaching, I'm going to help you like get ready for that and provide the environment. Okay. Are you ready to take the next step? Because you're going to know your next step once you're feeling a certain way. Um, I'm not here to be like, here's like 10 ways to do this. Here's 10 tips, right? That would be more of a mentoring or, or like if you were reading one of my blog posts, right? You're looking for advice. Uh, I view coaching as different from that. And then therapy specifically too, but, um, I'm a developmental psychology professor, so I am not a clinician at all. Um, I don't have any clinical background, but and that may sound a little strange to people who are outside of psychology, but if you're in the world of psychology, you know that uh, clinical and developmental are different. But uh, with therapy, a lot of that is if we're thinking about, um, I need to work on something from my past, or I have a mental illness, I'm struggling with something, I'm um, trying to process this, a lot of that shows up in therapy. And coaching is like, okay, we're ready to work on your goals, we're ready to um, take you to the next level. Uh, a lot of it, I like the comparison between a physical therapist and seeing like an athletic trainer. You know, if something was broken, you'd go and see, uh, well, first you'd see your medical doctor, right? And, and you'd be in physical therapy to recover, right? Like something happened to you. I think of therapy a lot like that. You, something happened and you're recovering and you're processing. Uh, and, but coaching is, hey, let's work on this goal. Let's take a, take you to the next level. Um, let's be a coach and help you get there. So that's for me, how I see a lot of the differences. That is really helpful. And I love the metaphor of the trainer versus the physical therapist. I think that this idea of moving people to the next level is such a key point of what we're doing with coaching. Caitlin, what are some of the most important aspects of the coaching relationship for you as you're kind of working through people's goals and kind of helping them to shift into this next stage of their lives? Yes. So for me, I show up a hundred percent for my client. I'm listening to them, active, all those active listening skills, holding the space, uh, creating a feeling of safety. So especially in the beginning, sometimes people are hesitant and like, do I want to tell you this thing? It's like, you have a totally safe space to say that thing. I'm not judging. Um, and especially for me, my clients don't have to show up prepared or organized for calls. Like they can just show up and be themselves and it's my job to keep us organized, to be prepared, to create a, that safe environment. Um, other pieces of it about the relationship would be, I'm not your friend when we're coaching, right? Like when we go to talk to friends about things, we're often uh, like, we want somebody to agree with us. Like, did you let me tell you about this thing? And can you believe that they said that? And sometimes people are very surprised by coaching because if you tell me, you know, if Katie, you said like, can you believe they said that? And you're trying to get me to agree. And I'm like, no, like, why do you think they said that? And I'm very neutral. And sometimes that people are very surprised. Like, wait a minute, don't you think this is a problem? It's like, no, I don't think it's a problem. You think it's a problem. <laughs> so that um, not being the friend in that environment, my clients, I like want to be their friend for sure. I'm like, you are great and amazing. But when we're coaching, it's definitely about, I'm your coach, you're the client right now. And, and also, like, I'm here to challenge you, right, to be that better version of yourself. And so sometimes I push a little bit of kind of like, hey, I know this thing about you, or um, like, why not, 
you know, remember when we talked about this, how do you think that connects to what we're talking about right now? Uh, so that sometimes it's like, oh, she's going to call me out on this thing. And it's like, yeah, that's going to be good for you. Right. We'd be like, you'll thank me later kind of attitude uh, when we have that relationship. So. So you mentioned, Caitlin, this idea of showing up 100% for your clients. And I'm curious if you can talk about how you do that in the midst of other things going on, because this is something that I've certainly thought about as a coach when um, recently, as our listeners may know, if they listen to other podcasts and things, I made this transition from moving from Oregon to Kansas. And there was a lot of transition going on as I started a new job. And I had to really practice hard of being there for my clients and not being distracted. And I'm wondering if you have certain things that you do to kind of get yourself into the zone as you're kind of starting to meet with a client and setting aside maybe other things that are on your mind as you go into those sessions. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So a lot of pre-coaching before sessions. So if I'm going to coach a client at 10 o'clock, let's say, I make sure I have time before that session to dial in to, okay, here I go. You know, I have thoughts that I work on as a coach that I practice of, I'm an amazing coach and I'm going to show up for them and I'm so excited to be here. I'll be able to revisit what's going on in my own life afterwards. <laughs> That'll be waiting for me. But for now, I'm in the zone. Um, and I, I think that we all do this in certain ways of whatever our job is, if we're showing up as a professor of like, hey, I'm here to teach you this thing. So I just view it as another role of where I do that. Um, now, sometimes I think the balance of that is being able to help a client, like they're drawn to me and to a lot of us, you find the person that's a lot like you. And so you have a lot in common with them. And so sometimes it's like, oh yeah, I've been where you've been. Like, I know what you're struggling with right now, but often I find that's not helpful to hear in a session. Like in a coaching session, they don't need to hear that. They probably just need to go read about it somewhere or I could direct them to this episode, right? You know, about like, here's my background. Here's who I am rather than telling them in the session. So it's very like, I'm over off to the side. My stuff is going to be there for me later. But right now I'm a coach and I'm showing up for you. And that's what you need from me right now. Kaylin, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about your training. And as you were thinking about becoming a coach, how you made the decision to go into training and to kind of take that leap to learn a little bit more about it and then what that training looked like for you. Yes. So back in 2016, I completed a foundations course through an ICF accredited program. I was like, okay, I want to learn how to be a coach. You know, I know about this world now. I want to learn about it here. I'm going to take this foundations course. So I think it was about six months. And I had my first paying client into January, 2017. I did a lot of time management coaching then and graduate school coaching, dissertation coaching. And when I was doing that over the couple years there, it was great. I loved it, but I also thought something was missing. Like I was always coaching clients about actions and results. Go do this. You know, before our next call, you're going to go do this and then you're going to report back. You're going to go to this and then you're going, to, you're going to report back. And some people thrived on that and loved it. And others would come back and be like, I didn't do the thing that you told me to do. And I'd be like, wait, why didn't they do the thing? We said, do the thing. Why aren't they doing it? <laughs> and so once that happened uh, or happening at the same time in 2016, I started listening to Brooke Castillo um, from the life coach school. She's the founder of the life coach school and uh, she has a, really popular podcast that I recommend to everyone. 
but uh, I started listening to her then, and it was also, so it was like parallel tracks of listening to Brooke, coaching my own clients, and realizing Brooke really knows what she's talking about. Like, she has this causal coaching approach, uh, uh, yeah, approach, causal coaching is what we call it at the Life Coach School, of, oh, let's get to the root of what's really happening. And that root is how you're thinking about it, which then creates your feelings. And that's why you take actions and get the results that you have. And once I, you know, it really clicked into place of like, oh, Brooke has this answer. She has the model. This is what I want to be a part of. Uh, she offered one of her, she offered the first online cohort of coach training. So she, you know, has done this for a really long time. Uh, she would do in-person like seven day type of coach trainings. And I was just never going to be in a place where I thought, let me fly out to California for a week and do a coach training. It just wasn't on my radar. But when she offered the first online cohort, that was the summer of 2018. I was like, I am in Brooke Castillo. I'm all in. I love you. I want to work for you. Like, let's go. So I completed that training in March of 2019. It was a year-long program. And uh, in that, pro well, we, yeah, six months. And then I also did a lot of applied coaching techniques. And then I continued to grow within the school for sure. Um, but that helped open up what I do now with clients and uh, all these other skills. Like I, I knew that my clients had other issues going on in their life, but I didn't feel qualified to help them with those other issues. And now I'm in a place with my training from the life coach school. It's like, you could bring me anything, any circumstance in your life. And I'm like, I've got you. I've probably heard it already before. And I know how to coach on it. And before I was like, um, I, if, if we're not talking about procrastination, I'm not really sure I'm going to be able to help you. And now I'm like, bring it on. I, no one can surprise me. <laughs> Okay. Well, we will definitely link to Brooke's podcast in the show notes for people who want to check this out. Um, the life coaching school is a very popular coaching training program. Um, can you talk a little bit about for people who are not familiar with it, um, the structure of what happens after you're done with your training? Cause you stay connected to the life coaching school after training, right? Oh yeah. You're like part of the, um, part of the world, right? And you don't exit unless you want to, but why would you want to is part of how we view it. Like once you're a certified coach, then you're connected to Brooke. You have access. You have all the master coaches who can train you. Um, we have self-coaching scholars. So you're participating in daily work of like, how am I working on myself? Um, what else do we do? We do annual certification exams. And we just recently took our latest exam. And it was actually an amazing learning opportunity opportunity. It was one of those things like, Oh yeah, I'm going to take this exam to stay certified kind of thing. Like, yeah, an exam, take a test. And then I'll show that I know things, but I learned so much in that certification exam. I was like, oh, Brooke over delivered again. She over delivered again. We go to yearly masterminds. We, uh, there's other like business workshops and things that you're, we're just always blown away of like, and she keeps giving us more and we're part of the club, right? We feel part of, um, such a strong connection with each other and then to Brooke and everybody in the life coach school. I think some people are probably scared of us a little bit of kind of like, Whoa, Whoa, what are they all drinking over there? They're a little too excited. Um, but once you're in and part of the world, you're like, yes, whatever we're drinking, it's generally not alcohol because that's part of 
you know, stop over drinking is one of our programs. Uh, we are all in. We love it. Okay. Well, we will definitely link to this for people who want to learn a little bit more about the life coaching school. I'm wondering if you can talk, Kaylin, about any of your favorite coaching questions or maybe coaching tools that you like to use with clients. Anything that you tend to draw on more than other things? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So separating out the facts from the story for people sounds simple, but it's really huge because we have all kinds of stories that we tell ourselves. So that's first place I always start. And that separating those out is part of the model from the life coach school. So I'm always using the model. Uh, so it's circumstance, thoughts, feelings, actions, and results. And even it'll be interesting for people to listen to this season because they may be able to pick out when I'm doing it. And they may not at sometimes because I have other language that I'll be walking somebody through a model and they might not quite be aware of it until I show it back to them. So uh, CTFAR is what we call that for short. And I'm also all about tracking. So if a client's working on something like eating or time or drinking, tracking is really important. Uh, I'm also a scientist and I love data. So that's important to me in general. And so when we can really look at on paper, here's what's going on, then we have something to work with for the future, right? It's like, oh, let's look to see what happened this week. How can we improve on that for next week? All of that's really important. Uh, we, we have a lot of tools. I also do a lot of work with managing urges for people. So this idea of like, oh, I have the urge to eat that thing. I have the urge to drink. I have the urge to watch more Netflix than I should. Or um, just like any kind of, I don't know why I'm doing this thing. And I, but I keep doing it. How do I stop doing it? The tools around that and tapping into feelings is a really big part of what we do too, because the feelings work is actually something that I'm very logical and analytical. And I thought, Oh, I don't know about this feeling stuff kind of in the beginning. And even in training a little bit, I'd be like, yeah, feelings. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> But now, almost a whole year later from certification, it's like, uh, feelings are the most important thing. They drive all of our actions. And tapping into them with some of the tools I have is like, that's the work. You can tap into your feelings and be aware of it. There's so much good stuff there. So this is like exactly how I feel about values. When I first started working with values, I was like, I don't know what I think about this. This feels too warm and fuzzy. This is very slippery. And now I'm like, values are everything. We have to figure out your values. So exactly. I totally, I can completely agree with that, that there's these kind of core tenets that we don't always realize that they're core until we start working with them. Yeah. Um, this is giving me a lot of ideas, Caitlin, about what I might want to be coached on this season. So I'm excited. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that we're digging into this. Can you talk a little bit about how you use coaching in your business and what kinds of coaching you offer? You've mentioned a few different strands. Are there any areas that you're really specializing in or that you're building your business around? Any core audiences that you're working with? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, professors, other academics, higher education people. Uh, probably, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably one of my people because you already know Katie and if you like Katie, right, I like Katie too. So we're already in the same boat. If you like Gretchen Rubin and Brene Brown, like you're part of my people for sure. Uh, 
but specifically in types of coaching I offer, I'm all one-on-one right now. So I have individual sessions. A lot of people need to warm up a little bit. Like, let me try a session. And then usually they're like, okay, that was good. Uh, let me, how do we do more of that? And so then we transition into uh, six packs. So that's six sessions and targeted in one area. We start that first session of let's see where you are right now, where you want to go. And then by the end, how have you made progress in this area? Uh, And then some clients, they keep doing six pack after six pack and we roll into a regular basis of the more I've coached you, right? The more I'm able to tap back into, remember last year when you said this thing, how's that still showing up? So that's a lot of fun. And then um, uh, strands, you said, yeah, my focus right now is really about uh, overcoming self-sabotage. So uh, if you're self-sabotaging yourself with overeating, over-drinking, procrastinating, right? Those things are getting in the way of the amazing work that you could be doing or that field of research. Like I see so many other professors who have amazing work they want to accomplish and they're not quite getting to it because of these life things that are happening for them, with them, you know, like what they're working through. And I'm like, let's get these things figured out so that then you can take off and have this amazing career that you've already created for yourself. Okay. So I'm curious if there are certain elements of your coaching practice that feel kind of unique or distinct. You've mentioned kind of specific tools that you're focused on. I would imagine there are particular methodologies coming out of the life coach school that you're implementing. Are there other things that think, are there other things or ways that you feel really set you apart as a coach? Yeah. So, well, I should mention too, for the audience, I have been through Katie's radical self-trust program. And one of the things that we do in there is learn about our superpowers. And I'll probably get coaching on that this season. But one of the things I know about myself is that I'm very warm and enthusiastic. And if you've had any sense so far in this episode of my energy levels, right? Like that's me. And so some people are just drawn to that of, where do you get all this energy? And the more they learn about me, they're like, you get eight hours of sleep and you work out and you have a family. What's happening right now? What are you doing? And there is coffee involved, but not afternoon. And it's just like part of who I am of being this enthusiastic. So that's uh, part of what makes my coaching distinct. I create that safe environment. I mentioned earlier, nothing surprises me. A lot of people think that the thoughts they're having in their head are unique to them. But with hundreds of hours at this point, and actually by the time this is released, it might have over a thousand hours of coaching clients. The brain has very similar patterns, like very similar across people. And like providing that safe environment for you to know you're not alone definitely shows up. And then because I'm an overachiever, I imagine a lot of the listeners are also overachievers. Sometimes coaches will are intimidated by the credentials that we have or who we are professionally. You know, like when an Ivy League professor comes to me or a dean of a university and they're kind of like, uh, I'm doing this in secret. Most people don't know that I'm doing this. And you're like, I've got you. I know. Uh, like I'm not intimidated by credentials because I'm in this world. Right. And I know how the outside world reacts to us sometimes. So because I have that understanding and then that, uh, training from the life coach school, that combo really 
um, shows up for my clients. So I want to dig in a little bit more to who your ideal client is. You've mentioned academia and professors and other folks that you're working with. Are there certain personality types or certain uh, ways that people come to you that you're like, yep, you are the perfect fit for me? <laughs> yes. Uh, you know who comes to me probably most often are other psychology people who know the realm or they're, they're clinicians or therapists or counselors or social workers. And they're kind of like, wait, you're tied closely enough to my field and you're a coach what is this coaching thing? Can I learn more about it? And sometimes we do a little bit of a dance of they have pushback in the beginning, which I even did to Brooke Castillo at first. I was like, I don't know about this. And then, you know, I just kept listening and listening. I was like, okay, she really knows what she's talking about. And I think people do that with me a little bit sometimes of wait, they're like, what, what do you mean? It's my thoughts. And so then I like bring them in. I know they're my people and they're kind of like, hmm. I'm curious and skeptical at the same time of this. You're like, great, come talk to me. Uh, what else? They know they want balance and like some version of that, that they, they're not looking for only work or only life stuff. That's like, how do I manage these things? They love to read, right? Part of the academic culture. And also like, people who are willing to do the work. So if anybody's hesitant or kind of like, and in the terms of, I don't really know if I want to put effort into this. It's like, this requires a lot of effort from you to be coached. So if you don't want to put the effort into this, maybe you will later or down the road, but maybe it's not right for you right now. Um, but yeah, it's like you had being somebody who's willing to be vulnerable too, showing up. That's a, a Brene Brown connection too, right? If you've read her listen to her work. It's being willing to be vulnerable and show up for yourself. Like that's my person. So congratulations on a thousand hours. That is Thanks. huge. I just crossed the 500 hour mark myself. So I know how much time it can take to do this and how long it takes to build up those hours. I'm curious, even after a thousand hours, are there certain areas of your coaching practice that you're digging into deeper, that you're trying to kind of learn more about, you're still developing in those areas? What does that look like for you? Oh, for sure. It's amazing how much I continue to grow year by year and just even month by month sometimes. I'm like, I'm at a whole new level than I was last month. People are like, what does that look like? I'm like, well, yes, I still have the same job and uh, family, but inside I'm completely different. <laughs> so, uh, one thing I'm working on right now is one of the ways we can often, uh, sabotage ourselves is through overworking and it's a really sneaky buffer. So at the life coach school, we call these things that we do of self-sabotage. Uh, they're often buffers for us. So something like if you find yourself eating popcorn and you're not quite sure how you ended up there. You're like, I'm not hungry for this, but why am I eating this? You're kind of, and you're watching Netflix. It's like, you're probably trying to avoid something or feel you're not, you don't want to feel something. And you're not, it's like in that zone of you're not quite relaxing. You're not doing it on purpose, but you just found yourself there. Overworking is what can definitely be one of those things, but it's sneaky because we get rewarded for overworking. Like bowl of popcorn the next day, you're kind of like, ooh, maybe that wasn't such a good idea. But if you spent more time at work than you originally planned to, 
somebody's probably rewarding you, truly rewarding you or giving you a gold star or something. So I've, um, I've had to work on that a lot myself and I love to overwork to avoid my emotions. Like work is one of my go-to, you know, like, why don't I do something, do a new task. And so as, as I work on that, it's thinking about how can I help clients also see they might be doing it too. But I find it's true for a lot of people who already have the foundation set up as in if you manage your eating and you manage your time really well already and you feel like you've figured out a lot of the pieces it's like oh what else is going on for me it might be the overworking or some other kind of over thing so um that's where my work is right now and the language around that too like how do people identify that i mean some people listening to this might be like oh i know what she's talking about and others will be like i don't do you know i don't spend too much time at work or something and it might not be your issue or it might not be how I'm phrasing it yet. So developing those ideas is definitely on my radar for 2020 and beyond. So I know Caitlin that we probably have some coaches who are listening to this show. So I like to build in, you know, some stuff about our businesses and kind of how these things are functioning for us, for people who are coaches who are listening how are you finding the majority of your clients? How are you drawing people into your work? How are they learning about you as a coach? What does that look like for you right now with your business? Yeah, for me, that looks like uh, from the life coach school. So coaching within self-coaching scholars and uh, referrals from the website, um, referrals from my other clients. So clients that tell their friends and then uh, also coming to my website, right? And I have free video programs and just coming into my world. Like once you find me and might want to be involved, there's an infrastructure for that, that I've built up over the years. Um, so those are the main ways and opportunities like this too, as people are listening to me, I usually myself find new people of, as if they were a guest on a podcast and then I start following them or anything you've recommended Katie, right? I go down that rabbit hole too. And I'm like, this is amazing. So yeah. awesome. And what is your current client load? Um, so I coach 20 hours a week. So sometimes some of that looks like one-on-one uh, -on -one sessions for 45-minute sessions or 20-minute sessions, which sounds short, but has a ton of impact. Yes, you can do quite a bit in a short period of time like that. Yeah. Caitlin, do you have any favorite coaching resources? You've mentioned a couple of podcasts. We're going to make sure and link to all this stuff in the show notes for folks. Anything that you have found to be just really impactful in your own journey or things that you're exploring right now as you're starting to look into these other areas of your coaching practice? Yeah. Well, first I would say if I, if you had your program, Katie, in 2016, 17, when I was first exploring this, so for the people who might be interested in like, maybe I want to be a coach too. I would have been all in on your program. Uh, so using that as a resource, but the, we talked about the life coach school for sure podcasts. And then all, a lot of the other coaches within the life coach school have their own podcasts. So if you have a specific topic and you're like, I like what Brooke has to say about this thing, send me a note and I'll be able to tell you who talks about that on a different podcast. Um, somebody who's a friend tour to me, who I also found in 2016 was Jenny Blake. So she has the pivot podcast, but more importantly, her book pivot, the only move that matters is your next one. That helps a lot of people with careers I find. And I actually, um, my undergraduate students, I guide them through the pivot process in my classroom. 
So that's been helpful in co for coaching in general. Uh, a book I love and I still recommend is The Coaching Habit by Michael Bungay-Sainer. I think mm -hmm. that's how you say his name. He, that book has so many good questions in it. And I felt like, wow, this is a great place to either start or return to. I have it on my shelf. I'll flip it open once in a while and go back to it. And another resource that I love and found uh, maybe a couple of years ago, probably from Brooke is Byron Katie's The Work. So it's thework.com and she has several books and videos and things that kind of opened me up to, oh, look how you could deal with relationships. And here's a whole nother world of looking at the world in a different way. Okay. We will link to all of these things. Um, and I'm glad you mentioned Byron Katie, cause I'm not sure she's come up on the show yet, but definitely is a, an interesting resource for coaches to be looking at. What else, Caitlin, should we know about you as a coach, as we're kind of closing out this introduction episode and starting to launch into season three of the coach to coach podcast? Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter for talk about hobbies, I love all crafts, scrapbooking, quilting, spinning, all the things. Um, and I love CrossFit too. So if you're a CrossFit enthusiast, that's a lot of fun. And like talking about these fun things too is part of, I think what makes us real and human and not just coaches. And so happy to have conversations with people outside of, um, outside of this. And then actually I know you're the people, the two coaches who have been on the podcast so far, I got to know them through virtual coffee chats before they were on this podcast. So once we all start connecting with each other, it's a smaller, smaller world than we think. And so that's one of my favorite things to connect with people. Well, we will definitely put in the show notes how to connect with you on Twitter, um, any kind of website presence that you have so people can find you. And Caitlin, I just cannot wait to dive into coaching with you and being coached by you this season. I think we're going to have such a fun time. And uh, thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show. Thank you, Katie. All right. For our listeners, uh, what you will hear in the remainder of this season is Caitlin and I coaching each other back and forth. And then if you've listened to previous seasons, you'll know that we'll also debrief our coaching uh, time together at the very end of the season. So stay tuned for some really fun coaching sessions. You can always find information about the Coach to Coach podcast at drkatielinder.com slash coaching. All right, Caitlin, I will talk with you again next time. So excited. Thanks, Katie. Thanks for listening to this episode of Coach to Coach. For any resources mentioned in the episode, check out the episode show notes at drkatielinder.com slash coach. If you found this episode to be helpful, please take a moment to rate or review the show in Apple Podcasts or recommend this episode to a friend or colleague. Thanks for listening.